Welcome to my morning daytime recording. My name is Christy and I'm really excited to be here. I, uh, this is a comedy podcast, so we'll start with just, I have a bunch of like um, premises that I kind of work on every day. I like go on stage two to five times a day to do stand-up comedy. And I like do real jokes <laughs> that I've actually been able to figure out. But I work on premises during the day that I want to end up using when they're good. And so we're going to kind of go down a few of those while I talk about other really interesting shit. Um, okay. So I'll just do the first one right now. <laughs> it's really stupid. Okay. It's like, uh, it's an, in this one never works with anyone I tell it to. Bipolar. If anyone has ever been bipolar, it has been a Polish Gentile. Meaning, um, <laughs> and I have to explain it. I have to explain it because in Poland, they were being invaded by Nazis. And so, but, they, but if you're a Gentile, you kind of like the Nazis perhaps. You're like on their side, but you're also being invaded, being invaded. So you are bipolar. You're Polish in that you're defending Poland from the invasion, but you're also Polish and a Gentile. You are a super whitey. And so you don't know what to do and you're bipolar. Um, six to 11 million Jews right? I don't even remember. But it's like, yeah, 6 to 11 million people died in World War II at the, by the Germans. Okay, the Nazis killed 6 to 11 million people, depending on what you want to... Okay, let's put the 6 and 11, 6 to 11 upside down, you get 9-11. That's why we're here today. You get 9-11. They're not all gonna be, uh, World War II. They're not all gonna be like that, but um, numerology is pretty, like, I don't give a fuck about numerology. I think it's, you know, it's like the crystals, it's not good. But I got the closest I've ever been because of the Astro World Travis Scott scenario. Um, I was actually in Houston this weekend for, Ast I wasn't there for Astro World. I went to the memorial and I lit a candle at the memorial. I was there for a comedy, festival um but when I got home from the comedy I, we did the memorial almost like a joke because I hadn't even really seen the videos we're at a comedy festival festival 10 minutes away from Astro World, literally with the some of the most of the best fucking comedians on earth and uh we're like kind of making fun of it because we didn't know we were like oh eight people died that's hilarious nobody's dying over here because we're cooler like you know, and we, my friend and I um, found out that it was 10 minutes away, the memorial, so we, like, go over there and we, like, try to keep a straight face and, you know, uh, light a candle um, and the whole thing. But once I got back, I started, like, watching the videos and I was like, oh. <laughs> I, like, made some Instagram stories that were kind of... Um, they weren't outright. It was just like, like I had a video of me lighting a candle at the memorial, but my audience kind of knows 
that it was a bit, you know, jokey. Like, it's like a bit like, hey, like, so anyways, after watching all the videos and stuff like that, I started to be like, damn, I feel bad because, yeah. I was obsessed with watching all of the Astro World videos for like two days. I was wasting a lot of time like looking for new ones, almost in a, like, I was looking for really graphic one. Like I just wanted to see graphic videos after a while. Like I saw every damn video from every angle and I would feel bad for wanting to see the graphic videos if not that every other person was doing the same thing. I know that everyone was doing this because TikTok was dominated by Astro World videos. Like this is what people wanted to see. Um, who knows what that means? I'll just say though that um, there was about like, there was all, it was kind of a little bit like 24 hours, um, about a day or two ago, about 24 hours where I started to really kind of take seriously the idea that it was a satanic ritual, that was that it was intentional, just because, and I'm not, I don't still, like no, but the theme is so spot on and okay, there was a bunch of numeral like I was looking at every goddamn video and there's a lot of numerology videos where he where it's like oh November 6 plus 11 like no right like I no but I watched this one video I saved it on my phone because I was like this is great I mean this is so basically oh my god <laughs> basically they're saying that like so Travis Scott's first song was called escape plan that he played this is a song that he just put out the day of. And in that music video of, of Escape Plan, he's like wearing a shirt the whole time and kind of hiding it. And the shirt says Pearl Jam. Okay, the guy researches Pearl Jam and Pearl Jam had a tragedy where eight people died at the concert in mosh pits. And it's important because people are like, oh yeah, nine people died total but the ninth person died later on. And so, listen, look, if you're thinking about if it's a saint, like in the satanic ritual story, they have to die there for you to like suck up their souls. Okay. <laughs> Eight people died at the Pearl Jam thing, right? So it's like, okay, there's one connection right there. So, uh, um, so Pearl Jam, so he, he looks at Pearl Jam's merch from that, year from that festival that um there was the tragedy and the merch the t-shirt is literally just in the middle nothing but in the middle it's just a big number eight with like fire and a blue like eyeball inside of it and then you go back to the stage when travis scott comes on and plays escape plan as his first song and it's literally a ring of fire with a big blue eye in the middle just the same and then there's eight flames that shoot up vertically and that's basically it but um i was like <laughs> that was my first time ever where i was like yeah yeah that's good stuff why does this why is this muted right here i don't understand what that is that scares me that that thing keeps being muted um anyways so numerology doesn't isn't true and it's fine sure that that makes 
Yo, I'm like, re after I said it again, I'm like, back. I'm back in it. I'm like, yeah, why the fuck? What? That's insane. Pearl Jam, like, what? He has the Pearl, like, for the whole time. I don't know. But, I mean, they both do mosh pits, like, I don't know. Apparently, a lot of people have died in mosh pits, like, in the past and stuff. So, it's, I, look, I'm, let's get, let's get away from this. And that was, um, that was Astroworld, but we went to the memorial, and, uh, it was a small affair. There was, like, four other people there and a bunch of news crews. The news people were taking pictures of us, like, and we had to pretend that we were, you know, we just had to, like, we did have to pretend that we weren't comedians just coming through. Like, you know, we did have to, we felt weird. We felt bad, kind of, honestly, leaving, but... That's what you have to do sometimes. Like, like we left the comedy festival and uh, on Sunday and went to Joel Olstein's giant church. Like, he has a mega church. His mega church is in Houston, Texas, where we were. So we went there and uh, we went inside. We watched some of the sermon, uh, and it was kind of hilarious. Like. We took pictures. We, like, took a video of me pretending to donate. There's tons of offering boxes. Like, um, everywhere you go, look, there's an offering, uh, offering area. So they're, like, trying to ask for your money everywhere you look. And, um, there's, like, a lot of big, uh, like, pictures all over the walls. Like, huge, beautiful pictures of Joel Olstein and some of his other top speakers. There's this guy with the last name Austin, very close to Olstein. I don't fucking know. They were saying he was his son, but I don't think he's his son. Last name Austin, who, uh, <laughs> he's cute. He's like a cute 20-year-old or something, and they're playing it up. Like, he's kind of a top speaker at this, it's called Lakeview, I think, this church. Um, they're trying to play him up as, like, the new, young, hot replacement guy and it's very propagate like he has this condescending look on his face it's all over the walls and we're just talking so much shit about him and we walk out to go back to the car and there he is austin is there walking out of his audi suv audi with gym clothes on he actually had really nice legs and stuff walking out into the church and I just go, like, they hadn't even noticed it was him yet. I just looked at them and I just go, oh, we just saw a lot of pictures of you in there. And he, he was scared. Like, these people, dude, these people aren't meant to be, seen, to be caught off guard off stage. They're just these types of preachers and stuff. Um, he was really nervous and he said hi, but, like, in a painful way. And he, like, kind of ran up the stairs inside. And we saw him come back, and I was with this girl who was, like, kind of cussing at him, which was, like, a little bit wild. Um, she, like, put down our windows and was like, hey, bitch, like, to him, and it's, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. But um, one of my friends, Mary Catherine, was messaging me after that, saying that she used to go to Joel Olstein's house. Like, her, her dad worked for him. And they would go to the, his house every Sunday, and... I didn't get any information from her yet, but she was like, oh, she, he's like a robot. Um, after his, after her dad, like, quit, uh, they were, they were 
watched a lot like they were kind of you know watched because his dad damn it why do i keep saying his her dad can't like get you know can't go off and talk so they were um monitored that's what she said monitored a lot and um she was saying that joel olstein's wife is like in control of him and it's this weird thing where it feels like she was um brought over by the by the um whatever that that program that brought over this sounds crazy but she told it to me and she grew up like going to his house so i don't fucking know but um she says that uh joel joel olstein's wife's like whole family and shit was brought over by the that same program that brought nazis over for um for science i don't fucking remember paperclip it's not i don't know i could easily look it up but please don't make me Okay, let's go back to a joke that I'm working on. Basically that when you when you're ever when you're nervous, you have to pee. And that's weird. That's a weird evolutionary thing because it can distract you from performing well. Like I'll be like, "Oh, I need to perform well. I need to be really focused." And then those nerves right there make me have to fucking pee. And I cannot focus when I have to pee, suddenly I'm, suddenly instead of being able to study my notes or whatever it is, I have to go find a bathroom um, or I have to hold my pee and feel really much more nervous now. Like this needing to pee, that's a distraction. That's, that's a terrible evolutionary response. But in social situations, it's actually amazing because it, like you're like okay why does it why is it an evolutionary response it could be trying to tell you to get away from something it's like oh there's a lion you need to go and so it's basically just telling you that you need to go be alone and the only time that it feels useful to me at all is in social situations because i have to like uh walk around i have to be in a lot of like social situations that have they feel a lot of my social situations in comedy, and this is what I learned a lot at this comedy festival I was just at. It was my first big festival where the top comedians were all just like hanging around um, all day for three days on shrooms. Just, it was very social and intimate, but it was really this exacerbated feeling of like, Whenever you have a bad interaction, a bad social interaction with a comedian, they go off and talk about it to other, like, it has a lot of consequences. It does, it's not good, like, it's not a forgiving environment. You know, comedians talk, they're like, oh, she did this, she did that, she bothers me, she makes me feel, like, they talk a lot. <laughs> and so, every time you speak to anyone, they're likely picking up a few things to go talk shit about you like and so it's a very ang like i don't know man like there's obviously some people that i like and stuff but like it's a very anxiety inducing environment like every little thing that you say it's you know i'm tired i'm like i slept in a van with like two other people the whole time i'm like fucking tired uh I'm like tripping, like different things. And 
every stupid thing that I said, I would see this like judgmental reaction and I'd be like, oh fuck, oh my God, now this person hates me and they're gonna go like, you know, as soon as comedians uh, judge you at all and dislike you at all, they like start to avoid you and it's very obvious. Like comedians are extremely honest and obvious. So they'll just obviously avoid you. Uh, it's insane. Um, so it, it makes me feel very anxious. And as soon as I start a conversation, I get nervous. And then I just go, I have to pee and I leave, which is great. It's my brain helping me. My brain knows that this person is dangerous to talk to. And it's trying to say, get out of there, get out of there. So it just makes me have to pee. And my brain is literally just saying, hey, get out of there. And I'm saying back to it, I know, but I, I can't. I'm, I'm talking to this person. I can't just leave. And my brain is like, say you have to pee. Say you have to pee. Here you go. You got to pee. Go. You got to pee. And I'm like, oh, I, hey, I, I have to pee. <laughs> so my brain is actually helping me when it comes to social anxiety. Um, because a lot of these... I, I wanted to talk about that with like Skankfest. That's where I went. It's a great, huge, amazing comedy festival. Um, they haven't had it because of the pandemic. They haven't had it for two years. So it was like even more special. And this is the first one I went to because I'm a new comedian. And um, it was really cool. Like I had an all access like pass because I'm sick. And uh, I just was surrounded, like, I got to, one of my fucking, I, it doesn't matter if you know who this is, but, like, one of my favorite people ever, like, legend, Doug Stanhope, <laughs> I, like, he was always around, like, and I got to talk to him, and he, like, liked me, like, it was crazy, um, it just felt really amazing, <laughs> like, that was amazing, and he was so cool, like, it just, wow, um, and then I got to see Miss Pat, which is like a really great comedian, but I won't keep dropping, like, it's a lot of great people. Um, but uh, it, was, it was true that like, with all these kind of famous people walking around, um, I saw this like thing about LA parties, that LA parties aren't fun because if you're around the bottom of social clout, everyone else kind of, you know, a lot of people are, and everyone has their head on a swivel. Everyone's just kind of looking around for the famous people, and you feel like you can't enjoy any conversations with anyone. Like, every conversation you have with someone, they're kind of, like, bored with you immediately, and they're just, like, looking around and kind of, like, asking weird questions about just, like, who are, you know, what are we gonna, like, they're not into you. Nobody's into you. Like, I tried to be into people. <laughs> and a lot of people, like, seemed, yeah, it was true. Like, they had their head on a swivel. I did, too. Like, again, like, I'm freaking out about Doug Stanhope. Like, I was freaking out about this girl, Eleanor. Like, there were famous people that I was like, oh, my God, there he is, you know. But I will give myself credit that I... Um, enjoyed my convert like I I was present with people like there was a lot of people that were on my level and shit that were there who I know from other places who I know from where I am um, now like who I 
tried to give my full attention to when I was with them like they did not give me like a lot of them gave me this like vibe that they didn't really care for me and it really made me feel bad like I felt really weird the whole time am I just going on and on about this it it just um it made me feel low self-esteem like low value because like I kept being like oh my god hi like I'm so happy to see you hey what's up and they would give me kind of nothing back they'd be like oh ah they'd kind of look they'd kind of look like they didn't want to talk to me the whole time and so I'd always think like wow do I have nothing to offer you know um there was two people from New York that I like got in a fight with literally because I was like hey bitch like I've been supporting you I've been nice to you from day one um I was so excited to see you and you can't give me shit like all you can do is be literally rude to me like and they didn't give me anything and I ended up having to just go back and apologize to them because I tried to keep it on the high road sorry that was like um just weird like yeah this guy who I've been nice to since day one like he was so rude and part of it might honestly be we were talking about it it might honestly be that they were coming from New York and there's like this huge level of rudeness that people right out of New York just have and I'm not I'm not fresh from New York anymore so like I just kind of see it as this like extreme rudeness and I don't understand it but it could be just that they're coming from New York where you don't value, you know, you don't really value people. So I think that could be part of what it was with some of the people. It just really made me feel bad. Like I had a friend from here, I had a few friends from like that I see every day and they had been excited that we were all going to go together. They were like, oh, we're going to party there. Like, fuck yeah. But every time we saw each other there, it was like bad vibes. Like, oh hey hey like they didn't want to so obviously like I enjoyed a lot of it like it was great um and I had some people that were cool like but uh it kind of made me realize that I mean even all of the big fucking players like there's like 30 40 big fucking player comedians that we're all in this one place together. And even them, it was almost this like diluted feeling of just like, okay, you know, they want to leave. Like they want to go back to their hustle. They don't even want to be here that much. So, I mean, they did, but like there was this feeling that everyone had of just being like, I want to go back to my hustle, my own thing. And it really gave me this feeling of like, okay, the social stuff that I've cared about so much, this social thing, it doesn't really matter. Like, I, I, I try so hard to be a great friend, and when it comes time, people's heads are gonna be on swivels at these events. Like, when it comes time, people aren't gonna be that fun to talk to, maybe. I, I don't know, like, it just gave me this weird uh, lesson that I need to get on my hustle and stop worrying about other people and stop caring about what other people think of me um, in even a social sense. So um, I need to like just enjoy my own journey here instead of being like, are we hanging out? 
out. Are we having fun together? Like, no. Like, I'm gonna have fun with the people that are honestly just naturally, like there were people that were just naturally having fun with me and it wasn't a problem. And then there was a lot, 80 goddamn percent of the people were people where it's not natural. It is a problem. There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of bad vibes. And it's just me trying to be a good friend and trying to be like, come on. Like, and that's too much work. I don't need to be doing, I don't need to be giving out that energy um, to people who will not reciprocate. Like, what the fuck? These people just care about their own hustles, which is okay. But it's just something that like, sometimes I'm slow to learning big lessons. I'm just slow. I don't know. Okay, and, um, damn, I was, like, gonna say one more thing about it. Um, yeah. Let's go to another joke that I'm working on. It's that, uh, people can, people say that they can't control their urges. Men. Can't control my urges. (laughs) But I feel like you can easily control urges, like... I have the urge to be successful and likable, and I'm still not. That's actually a joke that I've done on stage before, and it works. So I just, like, did it on the thing, which is usually does, doesn't work as well. Uh, great. Love it. Yeah. But, yeah, I was, um, every, I was trying to do, there's this girl who, she gave up coffee, for instead she microdosed shrooms every morning and i tried that i took a bite of a shroom which is actually too big of a bite so you you do a very small bite i think like like half an inch um so but anyways i took a bite and it's true it like caffeinates you it really gives you a lot of energy um but it also makes you fuzzy and like shaky and kind of confused so uh it's not an accurate exact level of energy like coffee but again I took too big of a bite both times I tried it two days in a row and both times I was just like for hours so um I'm not doing it again for a little while (laughs) but um but we were all, every single person there was tripping. I, uh, Shane Gillis, actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this out loud. I don't, I don't really know. Sorry. He's like a big comedian. So anyways, a lot of people were taking Molly the first night and a great big comedian, um, gave me his, like, I asked for it and I took a tiny, tiny bit, like literally so small, um, and tripped on Molly. I didn't think I didn't think it was even working until the hangover. Like the hangover, I felt like I was dying the next day and then I had a lot like I didn't have any more energy. I felt like I was never going to be energetic again. So that's Molly for you. Like it can barely even work, but it'll work against you the next day. And so I don't know about Molly man. I really don't it's really good for like the one time that Molly was awesome. Like it's been great. Like I've done it a million times. But um the one time where I was like, "Oh, this is good for like you know, adult like adult medicine shit." 
was uh, one time I didn't take Molly for like a whole year at least. And I was actually going through depression, which I'm not in anymore, by the way. So I'm not one of those people that's like, I work, you know, I'm in depression. Like, I'm not depressed, but uh, I was in depression, man. I was in it. And my best friend just all just all, all of a sudden like we took molly one day and like it was amazing like it made me remember what happiness felt like and we were able to kind of we were walking around like sitting in the sun and like talking through our stuff like we were able to talk through different like little um past arguments that we had, had. like we we were able to like re we re-clarify like hey man I fucking love you like nah you know and I was able to be like dude I like this is making me remember what happiness feels like and almost be able to note it down and like you know tomorrow I know that I'm gonna feel even worse and stuff like that but like I'm gonna remember this and I'll be able to shoot towards this with my exercise and my like I'll like in in certain parts of depression you just even forget what happiness feels like because you just don't get it at all and the molly was so important for me to remember here's another premise that i was thinking about um this is gonna be really hard to explain but every time i've been in customer service i've really noticed this but i think as a customer you notice it too you explain your problem. Okay, a customer explains their problem to me. And I try to solve their problem, but I kind of can't fully. I need my manager to actually help explain more. So I'm like, one second, let me go get the manager. And we've gone down a path of like 15 minutes of information so far, right? Me and this customer. So I go to the manager and for, I summarize to get to this area. I summarize to get to this area where now they are needed. I'm like, hey, the customer said this, I said that, we got to here, and this is where you are needed. So the manager walks over to the customer and I expect, we both expect for the manager to go, hey, I know I'm needed at this area and here's the, uh, here's the, answer, here's the information here. Instead, what the manager or the other person always does is they go to the customer and they say, how can I help you? That's what the, oh my God, the anger. This always happens. <clears throat> they say, how can I help you? Bringing the customer to a rage, but make, making the customer feel and do, they, the customer has to repeat from the beginning. The customer's like, well, this was the original fucking question, yeah. And they actually, if, if you overhear, the manager actually does start at zero with them again. Like, they don't even, they don't even say, oh, right, and skip ahead. They start at zero. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say, man. Uh, and I'm there, first of all, pissed, right? And then second of all, it's like, now the customer thinks I did this. The customer thinks I just 
erased the 15 minutes of productivity and the customer thinks that I just was like, hey, this person fucking needs you. And the manager goes, hey, how can I help you? That I didn't do what I did, which was the right thing. I, 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 I brought the manager up. I, I, I updated them on all the information. This always happens, bitch. I don't even, I don't understand. I've been trained to be a manager before. I've been a manager before. And in no part of the training ever does it say, hey, start at zero for no reason. Like, I don't, so often. This is kind of almost a doctor thing too. You know, like you tell the nurse everything and then the doctor comes in and you're like, my fucking knee hurts. Like you to like you told the nurse why it hurts and like how you and then the doctor comes in and you're like, I don't know, bitch. You don't know anything. Did the nurse tell you anything? And it's like, who knows? Is the nurse going back and telling them everything? Is the nurse is the doctor reading any of the notes or is the doctor starting at zero for real? No one fucking knows. Uh yeah, I mean, I think that's all I... <laughs> yeah, so as you can see, it's like, that's not... There's no punchline. I don't... There's not There's not a joke involved. It's just something that I'm kind of, like, working on thinking about. Um, usually, kind of, I'll talk to other people about it, and I kind of get their responses, and I do research until I, until I can really come up with, like, a quick way to talk about it. But, um... Uh, I hate them i hate customer service people uh i hate those types of bad managers it's just laziness it's just corrupt it's just this power play almost we need to figure out why doctors do that too and maybe that'll kind of help okay so that's the research i'll do figure out why doctors do it let me see um doctors i'm just gonna write that down here <laughs> but yeah so i um i stayed in a van for three days uh, with Hans Kim, who is a who is a comedian performing at Skank Fest and stuff like, um, the first night I fell asleep for a little while. He stayed up all night because he was on acid, if I'm allowed to say that. And uh, he shat, which is okay. I mean, I think you're allowed to say that. He shat in the van, you know, in a bucket or whatever it is. Like, I woke up and it literally smelled like manure. So I don't know what it is that he's eating, but like it smelled like manure. And I was like, did you, did you shit? And he's just like laughing like, yes, he shat. Maybe he shat right next to my face as a joke. Either way, it's like, you know, the smell stays in the van. It was crazy. We had to go for a walk for a few hours. Like, and then we had to air out the van. Um, he never did it again. I don't know where, like, but uh, yeah, you know. It was a, it was tough to sleep in the van. Uh, you know, it, there's just like a bed in there and I, we didn't plan, like I thought that maybe I'd be able to kind of find other people to go to their house and sleep. Like there'd be a lot of partying and stuff, but there, like I said earlier is like, there wasn't actually that much partying. Like people kind of were tired at the end of the day and with comedians, you can't, like with music people, music, I was gonna say musicians, but with like music people, like at a music festival, if you're really tired, you just kind of dance and you just don't talk. You're just like, hey, 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 hey. 
but at a comedy festival you need to have energy because it's about talking there's not like dancing and being tired like you have to go you have to have your sleep um you you have to be able to say witty things and be clever uh so for some reason it was so tiring all day that there wasn't any after parties like people were very like i said they were very like unwelcoming so i never really had an opportunity to like crash at someone else's hotel room or something and so we just ended up every night being like dude i have to sleep in your van man and so uh we all slept in this bed and shit han slept on the floor one night like in his van it was tough uh i didn't shower for two days usually i shower every single day so it's kind of a big deal like i woke up and i was like i i can't even we were locked into this parking lot like i couldn't even get to a shower so i just like went in and brushed my teeth and yeah um so let's go to <laughs> uh joel olstein did i say yeah yeah we went to that i'm just like trying to cover everything this is a. Uh, I want to get good at you know kind of doing podcasts and shit so i have this other one that i have never tried um and I, let me see why did i even do this so the joke is the joke is i'm not hateful i'm cakeful and my vision is that I turn around to show like my butt on stage. Like I, I like pat my butt. I'm like, look, I'm not hateful, I'm cakeful. I don't know why. I, let me think about like, uh, it's, it's great, it's silly. Like that's almost something that you kind of throw in. You just throw in quickly. It's not something that's supposed to stand on its own. It's more of like, hey, like I have another one that's, it's not supposed to stand on its own. It never works. It doesn't stand on its own, but it's almost like they call it a tag where it's like a little extra thing after a bit, like after a solid thing. So it's called like a tag. It's almost like that. I have this one that's uh, when I'm twerking, I'm hardly twerking. It's a play on when I'm working, I'm hardly working. Um, never stands on its own nobody gives a fuck about it but it's almost i like it enough that i'll add it to stuff when i'm talking about dancing or whatever like being white and uh i'm not hateful i'm cakeful is kind of like that like if i'm talking about you know the dating scene i don't know but um I i'm like i just want to give up on that right now i don't even that's that's good enough to that it's a tag so i'm lazy dude that's something that i'm scared of that all my life i was really excited that i had a hard i had a good work ethic my whole life i was like damn you know i'm really good at working hard and that's important like whenever you see someone that's really successful they're always like bro i work hard so and i always felt like hell yeah I also work hard, I, I can do it. Like, I will do the little sleep, I will do all of the shit. But it's almost like, you know, with age you get lazier and here I am like aging out of that um, very energetic period and it's like, oh fuck, I'm like getting lazy. 
and that's so scary. Um, part of it is that, like, I used to be able, like, I used to be able to perform so hard all day and, like, only get four hours of sleep and, like, just be completely um, sleep-deprived and, like, keep performing. And uh, now, as a comedian, I just feel like I need those eight hours of sleep, so I'm always very, like, I gotta, you know, I have to fucking get my sleep, and needing to get your sleep creates a lot of laziness, because you're always like, no, I need it, I need, the, like, you're always remembering, like, you're never pushing it to the limit. Like, when I didn't need eight hours of sleep, I would just push it to the limit, and I wouldn't give a fuck, and I'd get my shit done. Like, now when I, I need eight hours of sleep, so I'm always like, oh, I have to stop. You know, I have to, I can't start yet because I'm still doing all this shit for restfulness. I'm still doing all this health shit. Um, and so it really makes me not push my actual work to the limit anymore. And, and that's like, I don't know, that's something I'm trying to work on is like, no, I, I need to push my work and like, it's like I said, with comedy, it's much harder to be sleepy and keep pushing because you have to be, um, it's like you almost have to be rest, rested. You have to be like in a good mood and shit. Um, like the second day, for some reason, the second day of Skankfest, the comedy festival, like I was sleepy all day and every conversation I overheard all fucking day was other people saying, I'm so sleepy, I need to take a nap, I'm so tired. And um, no one seemed to be having a good conversation amongst themselves. Like, everyone just keeps kept saying, I didn't get a good sleep. And that's not something that you really hear at a music festival. Like, every music festival I've been to, you don't really hear, like, oh, fuck, I didn't get enough sleep. People are just like, ah, whatever, let's, you know, fuck it. But at a comedy festival, they're like, hey, they're trying to give you an excuse. They're like, hey, I know I'm not funny. Like, I know that I don't have anything to say right now. I know that I'm not interested in talking to you and that that might, that's weird. But here's the excuse is I'm not well rested. So it's like a, I don't know, dude, it's a really fucking big factor and I kind of hate it. Um, I'm trying to make it less of a big, big excuse and figure it out and manage my time better now. Now that I'm married to the hustle. Who else is married to the hustle? Raise your hands. Sorry. Uh, but laziness, like, I, I spent three days, you know, being tired and running around. And when I came back, like I said, I was watching those Travis Scott videos for two fucking days. I was also not working for two days. Like for two days I rested. And I just like watched TikTok and like I ate and I just fucking rested, man. I, it was true, like I would, get, I would be on my phone for like two hours and then I'd fall back asleep for two days um, and I'd get a full night's sleep. Like it's like I feel good getting rest and like recuperating, but I'm also like, bitch, I need to be working harder. Like I need to be, I want to, I've always loved, you know, grinding. Like <laughs> I'm from Atlanta, like in New York and shit. Like I just, 
I put a lot of value in, in grinding and, um, like, cer- like s- there's certain comedians, whatever, these are the people that I look up to, there's certain ones that don't, and they're still really successful because they just, they don't even care, and they just, you know, they rest all day, and they work when they work, and they don't even care, but, like, for me, I beat myself up. I'm always like, oh, my God, I haven't worked 16 hours. What the fuck? And then I, and then I just stay in bed sad. Like I stay in bed even longer because I'm like, oh my God, I didn't go to the gym in the morning. Fuck it, I'm just gonna stay in bed all day. And I do that, so I'm trying to stop doing that. You know, I, I'm afraid of my laziness. It's a fear of mine. I like wrote down a bunch of fears today. It was my journaling activity that somebody just told me about. Let me see where it is. Like, uh. My fear, I wrote my fears down, um, and it's like, they were just like, dude, write down what you are afraid of. Uh, (laughs) And this is like coming off of all the shit I talked about, like, the fact that I want to get onto YouTube, and like, I put like one YouTube up, and I'm on some other people's like podcasts on YouTube, and I just get all these hate, hate comments, and I'm like, I, um, so my, like, my fear is, uh, people just don't like me. I am just not likable, right? Um, I'm not funny or talented. Like, I'm just not... Like, I, I, I heard Joe List. He's a great, talented comedian. Like, just coming up on the fucking fly with, like, all these skillful, skillful jokes. And I was like, dude, I am stupid. Um, so that's my third fear is, like, my brain is too slow and dumb for this, like, job this this whole deal i'm stupid um fourth fear is i'm too old already for any like attention like what am i doing i'm not 16 i'm i'm a fucking lady uh and so what is going on like it's too late and fifth fear is i'm only gonna get bad comments forever on my like youtube videos like there's not going to be any good ones. Like, I'm not going to... There's those people that they have all this community in their comments being like, I fucking love you. And my fear is like, I would never get that. And uh, I, my sixth fear I wrote down is lazy. So um, in the journaling activity, they were saying like, all of these six fears here are just my current excuses for why I... I'm not successful right now. These are excuses. People don't like me. I'm not funny. I'm slow. I'm stupid. I'm too old. I'm only going to get bad comments. I'm lazy. These are excuses. Like, And you need to not make them excuses and instead make a story of overcoming these things. Make this a story of overcoming them. Um, one thing is, what does fearlessness look like like they're, they, the guy was saying like a depressed person what is they what do they look like they look like somebody who's you know laying down shallow breathing you know pale I don't know and a fearless person looks like you know they just got out of the fucking gym you know they're breathing in a deep way and they're they have an optimistic look on their face and you know they look strong and excited that's a fearless person so they're like, what does fearlessness 
fucking look like you should look like that all the time you should get like that you should get out of the you should be out of the gym you should be optimistic on your face you should be breathing in a in a deeper way um get get fearless in in the way you look in the way that you are look like a fearless person um and then it's like okay so let's do the story of overcoming these fears so it's like here i'm like well i go through all six and it's like why don't i just take care of my health slash my like youth you know be um take care of my brain don't when i smoke weed and do shrooms and shit i am not as smart so if i'm scared of being slow and dumb i should just be on caffeine which is what makes me like you know if i'm scared of being slow and dumb then i should just be on what makes my brain feel good i should keep my Take care of my health, take care of my brain, take care of my talent, prepare. Prepare my jokes before I go on stage. I, I stumble onto stage a lot and just go, well, let me think. Uh, like, I don't prepare often. So, um, take care of my likability. Like, there's a lot of <laughs> podcasts, I like recently found this out, there's a lot of podcasts that help you with like you know self what is it self-growth or whatever like there's a lot of podcasts that help you with being a better conversationalist a better a more likable person and I like found I recently found one and it was really cool um to go back into that because I hadn't been studying that for for a long time since I became a comedian I hadn't been like doing self-development stuff and going back into it I was like oh my god this is you should go back you should go remind yourself because it's really good stuff um being likable like being how to win friends and influence people like you know it's really great um uh take care of uh not worrying about bad comments like don't it's fine you know like i felt i feel good about it right now like i don't even need to um he was like that that like won't be loved fear like excuse me i'm burping that fear of not being loved and shit like i won't be loved if i don't do this like sometimes it comes from your parents like it's true i had this thing that happened when i was a teenager with my parents where suddenly we just we were fucking my parents and i were like goddamn friends as i was growing up like we had a great time together as i was growing up but when i was a teenager um i started to do things that they didn't want me to do and they were suddenly not my fucking friends anymore like they didn't like me anymore and it, it got awkward because they were like sex shaming me a lot like they like i wanted to be i don't fucking regret any of the men any of the guys that i was with in high school like i don't regret it it was natural and i was going through i went through puberty like it was very natural i don't regret it but they tried to make me regret it. Like they really shamed me. They hated it. And it was awkward. Like I felt very awkward with like my father knowing this stuff. And he felt betrayed that I would, that I would, you know, ruin our relationship, like by going off with guys. And it's like, what the fuck? Um, they did the best that they could. Like they, they were shocked about, teenager dumb like they were shocked about it i was their only kid you know at the time and uh but 
it, it was awkward after that. Like we've never been, we've never been friends again. I feel like they don't like who I, they don't like me. I feel like they don't like who I am. Like if I talk to my dad, I just see this look of judgment on his face. Like he doesn't like me, you know, and my mom tries to pretend she likes me, but she doesn't like me. And that's crazy because we used to, like they used to like me. So it's not even like, oh, they never did. They were just bad. It's like this thing that I fucked up. I'm a bad, I, I grew up badly. I didn't, I'm not a good person. I'm not being who they want me to be. Like, you know, bro, it, it actually hurts. Like, I'm always like, damn, you know, it's very awkward between us. And I feel like it's my fault. Um, and I, I take that into the world and I'm like, I'm an awkward person. I'm awkward. And really, I'm not that awkward. <laughs> but like, it, it makes me more awkward, actually, with people. I'm always like, ah, you're judging me. Like, all the time. So, you know, whatever. I'm just like, I wrote that down. I was like coming to terms with that. And he was saying, fear paralyzes you. Fear is a straitjacket. Um, so, you know, all these, these six fears that I was writing down up here, these are the things that was making me not do, make big moves. You know, oh, God, I'll get bad comments. Nobody's ever going to like me. Like, <laughs> they're not making me not move. Um, so he's like, hey, you need new, the strategies that you've been using currently aren't fucking working for this stuff. You need new strategies for these things. New strategies. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> being more sober. I was like being more sober. Um, actually posting on Instagram. I haven't, I don't ever post because I just don't, I feel judged. So I don't ever post. I should actually post. Um, uh, coffee in the morning. Like I don't even drink coffee in the morning because of the lazy thing. I don't even drink coffee in the morning and then I get sleepy and it's like, bitch, just drink coffee in the morning. Like if I do that, I'm productive. So it's like stupid. Um, being more confident. There's this like thing about being confident that I uh, heard. It really clicked. And it was this guy, he said, um, act like everyone. And it sounds weird, but he's like, act like everyone that you run into is in the middle of a panic attack and act like you are helping them feel better. And this is always going to work where you are not on the defense, you're on like the offense in a nice way. So even if they're not having a panic attack at all, you're still like, hey man, I like you. Like you're still, you're, you're like, you did good, you, you're great. A lot of people here like you. Like you're like saying that kind of stuff and they will love that. Um, and it puts you in a different place. So, I really like that idea for people don't like me, this whole deal of um, just a new, it's a new strategy, whatever. Um, I don't know why this says nice. I don't know why I have nice right here. Um, practice, this is like, I need to practice my jokes before I go on stage every single day. I need to stop with the fucking excuses and the laziness there. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of stuff was new strategies. I already bought like um, the final Final Cut Pro is the best editing software for video editing on laptops, and I was not buying it for a really long time because it was two hundred and fucking 
$99. I already bought it. I bought it now. It's done. Whatever. I just wrote that down. Um, right now, there's a student package. It's called the, like, Education Pro Package. And it gives you, like, six apps of, like, all the most pro apps with Final Cut Pro and shit in it. All for, like, $150 or something. And I bought that. So that was cool. Um, I think you can buy it because I'm not a student and it was for students only and I just, it just went through. I was like, at some point I'm going to run into a wall, but I didn't. So I don't know. I think you can buy it. Uh, this is a quote from Hitler. I don't, the guy was like adding it in and it's supposed to be like, um, it's supposed to be a bad, but it works in both ways. Hitler said, if you tell a story big enough, loud enough, and long enough, people will eventually believe you. And it's supposed to go against, it's supposed to go about the fear because it's a Hitler quote, but it can also be a positive thing. If you tell a story big enough, loud enough, and long enough, people will eventually believe you. And he's like, yeah, if I tell this story that everyone doesn't like me and I, I suck and I'm stupid and slow, if I tell that long enough and big enough, loud enough, then people are just gonna believe me. That, oh yeah, she's dumb and nobody likes her. Um, if you change it to a story of like, you know what, people like me and love me, people have told me like, dude, you are magnetic. Like, <laughs> it's true, I mean, like, the story that I'm funny, like, I'm very entertaining and, and I'm talented, like, <laughs> I'm like uncomfortable. I'm smart, bitch. I'm logical. I'm witty. I'm clever. Uh, just not as fast as, like, Joe is, but, like, it's true. And plus, like, this is my first podcast. But, um, I'm young, dude. Like, I'm, like, a very young person. I'm healthy. I look way younger than I am. I'm hot. And I literally wrote spry, even though that's an insane word. But I feel spry. Like, I, you know, I went to the gym. Um... I will have a great loving community if I if I reach out to it like you can do it like I'm I'm a very fucking nice person like I I do deserve and can have and will have a great community did I say loving yeah and then I have a very strong work ethic that's my fucking story my story is not that I'm lazy it's that I have a strong work ethic. And if you tell that story, so I wrote that story down and it's basically almost the opposite, basically, of every fear. Um, and you tell that story big enough, loud enough, you tell it to yourself. Uh, so that's exciting, right? Let's go back to another joke. We're almost, what? 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 Oh. Um, yeah, basically the, the reason I'm not a lesbian is because girls have too many crevices. You cannot keep six crevices fresh all at once. By the time you get to the sixth crevice and clean it out, um, the first crevice is like sweaty and odorous again. So that's why I'm not a lesbian. Also, um, something that you can tell here is that well, I don't know why I said that, but um, I wear men's deodorant and men's fragrances because I'm not a lesbian. I'm not gay. This is like, I, it's ironic that I'm, I'm very like uh, homophobic in this joke. Like it's an ironic thing. But uh, I'm like, you, 
I actually say the uh, slur, but it's funny. And uh, all of these girls who are wearing girl deodorant and girl, I actually go to guys because it's funnier um, to like shame guys for being gay. So I'm like, you guys, men that are buying men's fragrance you're showering in men's in the fragrance of men you're rubbing the fragrance of musky hot men all over your body what are you doing the reason i shower in men's deodorant is because i like men i like men's odors so i'm gonna i'm gonna shower in that odor i'm gonna shower in that smell whatever and uh i like yell the f word at them like the uh, gay one and it's so funny it's cute and it's basically, yeah, it's like women, you know, women's deodorant smells like girls. I don't want to, like, smell a bunch of girls all day. Like, I want to smell men. And, you know, I, like, get into that. I think that has a lot of potential. But, uh, what? But, yeah, I just had this other thing that, um, uh, I think people have heard it before, but it's like, think about a, a goal that you want to get done in the next 10 years or something, like a goal that it's so far, I mean, it's insane. Like, even just like a great example, literally is just like, make a million dollars. You know what I mean? And you're like, what if there was, a, you're like, that's, that's insane, I don't know, maybe in 10 years I can do that, you know? But then you're like, what if there was a gun to my head? And I, ha the gun to my head was that I had to make a million dollars in the next year or else I would be killed and everyone I love would be killed. All I need is the me part, honestly. If there is a gun to fucking my head, then now the $1 million is not some like, oh, that's insane. Now it's a must. I must, I have to make a million dollars in the next year. I must do it. I'm going to figure it out right now. I'm gonna fucking figure it out. I need to do this. And you, you actually uh, journal about that uh, question and it doesn't have to be a million dollars. It can be whatever the thing is. Like, like comedians, we have literally a 10 year period of like, it takes 10 years to become a famous comedian on live stage, right? And so that's a perfect one. It's like, okay, 10 years, okay, bring it to a year. And you're like, okay, so instead of reading books, no more books. Obviously, you're not gonna read books if there's a gun to your head. So things like this. I'm not gonna shave my legs when I'm wearing jeans if there's a gun to my head. I'm not gonna go get my toenails done in the fall and winter if there's a gun to my head. I'm not going to go on stupid social, like, sit with people for hours and hope that they like me if there's a gun to my head. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna fucking put out what I need to put out. I'm going to <coughs> write the emails that I need to write. If there's a gun to my head, I'm gonna do this and this and this. How can I, let's break it down. How many, how many, how much money do I need to make per month? How is that possible? Who else in my kind of position or area is making that kind of money? How are they doing it? I need to fucking figure this out and like really pretend that there's a gun to your head while you're answering this question. And um, it's like, uh, put yourself in this thing of like, uh, what did I want? Like, what? You know, 
bringing it to certainty of like I can do this like bringing it to uh <clears throat> Jesus clarity and certainty of like um the house that you expect to be in is the house that you're going to end up in um so if you expect like I'm literally a comedian like I I, I live in really bad uh conditions basically be because I've I've been okay with it like I knew I was gonna do it I, I like did it on purpose um and I live in bad conditions and I'm like oh it's because I'm a comedian and and I'm gonna keep being in these conditions for like years honestly like that's my thought and he's like no I mean this is not something that you need to do like that the house that you expect to be in is the house that you're in that you're going to be in so um just being like enough is enough this is not acceptable this is unacceptable go to what you will accept raise your standards and like <laughs> be like clear i don't know this part is like a little bit i'm not saying it as much but we're basically done with done with this now um i'm gonna put more out later today and stuff but uh this was good um thank you guys